this is the second week of uh, We Don't Have a Sermon series. Uh, it's a freebie. So today we'll, I'm preaching on something, sharing a message on something that I feel God uh, put in my heart for us to hear this morning. Uh, have you noticed that whenever we've been invited to a particular event, we go dressed for the occasion? Uh, we're always making sure that we come with the correct attire, the correct outfit uh, when we go to certain events. Uh, if you go to a job interview, uh, you dress uh, you dress really well, you dress really good because you're trying to make a really good impression on the employer at the interview. You're not going to come with your pajamas or your white socks and Crocs and your hoodie. You're going to come dressed because you're trying to make a really good first impression uh, you know, with the employer. When you go on a first date, you're going dressed really well because you're trying to impress the person that you're going out on a date with. Uh, when, when it comes to a funeral, dear, I say that you turn up in something that is not black. Uh, it is like this unspoken uh, rule that if you're coming to a funeral, um, in some cultures, that when you're coming to a funeral, you've got to come in black. You know, you're not out here trying to turn up with a yellow blazer or an all-white outfit. Uh, or even the same as with uh, themed birthday parties. Uh, whenever you get that invite, you call them just to double check and make sure what's the, uh, the dress code? Is, there a, is this a themed party, birthday party? What are we wearing? And it's because you're, not, you're trying to make sure that you are not disrespecting anybody uh, by coming dressed not you know, according to the occasion. It's the same with the wedding. When you go to a wedding, you're wearing a particular type of an attire. The bride is usually the one who is in white. Uh, and so if you turn up in white, you best believe that the bride has asked you specifically to come in white. But you come dressed in, a f in formal attire most of the time. We come dressed accordingly. You know, in the middle of last year, uh, at the peak of COVID in New Zealand, you couldn't just enter a shop unless you had gloves, a mask, and you were covered. We got turned away a few times. We went to the supermarket because we weren't actually fully covered. We only had masks and gloves, but we had to, like, be fully covered. And so when we got home, though, from the shopping, we didn't just get into the house and then walk into the bedroom, jump on the bed or jump on the couch and relax. No, we took off the dirty clothes, we washed, and we got changed, and we dressed accordingly. When, we went in, when I was in Dubai a few years ago, we couldn't just, we were restricted from going into certain places. You just couldn't go into any more that you wanted to go into. Uh, you had to be dressed appropriately. You couldn't just dine in any restaurant you wanted to. You had to be dressed appropriately. We're living in some pretty cold times. And if we're not dressed for the times that we're in, we're going to either catch the cold or fall ill. And so clothes are a really important thing. They do more than just keep us warm. They do more than make us look great. And so the message for us this morning is titled, Dressed for the Occasion. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we come around your word this morning with an expectation and such a faith. God, I pray that you would do it for us like you did with the Israelites when the manna poured from heaven. God, that we would be courageous enough to step out of our tents, Lord, and partake and take of this bread that we are about to receive this morning. Father, that as we leave this place, God, that we would, we would leave nourished, encouraged, by your word. We thank you, God, and we honor you. Bless the preaching of your word. Bless the hearing. Bless the reading of your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 to 11. It's there on the, sc on the screen. It says this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And from that point on, Adam says, the woman that you gave me, gave me of the tree. And then Eve says, the serpent was the one who deceived me. And at this point, the author of the book of Genesis goes down a list of outcomes and consequences for Adam, Eve, and the serpent's actions. You read a list of where God says to the serpent, and then God says to Eve, and then God says to Adam. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, further down it says this, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them, dressed for the occasion. The Bible has much to say about what we wear. And oftentimes the word clothe or garment is used as a metaphor. It's used metaphorically to express the idea of God endowing us or providing us with a particular ability or a quality. For example, in Isaiah 61 verse 3, uh, God gives us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He, gives, he clothes us with the garment of salvation. God covers us with the robe of righteousness. In Ephesians 6, 10 to 7, we are encouraged to put on the full armor of God. We are encouraged to clothe ourselves with the full armor of God so that we are able to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, as God's chosen people, we ought to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and peace. You see, they aren't physical clothing, but they are qualities or abilities that God provides us with. So clothing is often used metaphorically in the Bible. But clothing is often referred to as a form of covering. And this is where I would like to spend most of my time this morning uh, so that we can extrapolate and get the most out of the text that we've just read. And so I would like for us to look at two particular verses from that text that we've read that reveal to us a really important message that our clothes communicate to us each and every day when we jump into them. But I would like to use the King James translation, and it's in Genesis 3 verse 7, it says this, And the eyes of them, that's Adam and Eve, both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The second verse is uh, Genesis 3.21, it says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins, that's animal skins, and clothe them. And I want you to write that down or mark it and highlight that, those two verses because we're going to go somewhere with it. The first point for the message today is the apron equals cover. The apron equals cover. Before Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate the tree that God instructed them not to eat from, the Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 25 that they were naked and unashamed. And it was more than just a case of them being without clothes. It was a sense of absolute openness and exposure to God and to each other. They had absolutely nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to hide. But after they disobeyed God and ate of the fruit, the Bible says that Adam and Eve's eyes were opened. They knew that they were naked. They felt a sense, a loss of their purity and innocence. 
And so in an attempt to escape the shame and the guilt, they sewed fig leaves together and made an apron to cover themselves. The first thing you need to know is that the apron is not enough. According to Strong's Concordance, uh, an apron back in the Old Testament was defined as a belt, a waist cloth, a loin cloth. It was wrapped around the waist and covered the thighs. And so in biblical times, the apron was put on as an undergarment. And outside of the undergarment, you put on the outer garment. You see, it's uh, therefore, to wear nothing but just an apron was to be considered naked. It was a symbol of nakedness. And you see, it's because the apron did not cover you completely. You see, two-thirds of Adam and Eve's bodies were still left uncovered, and so they tried to cover themselves, but the apron only revealed their dependence on self rather than God. And so instead of confessing and acknowledging where they went wrong with God, they decided to cover themselves. Instead of confessing, they concealed. Instead of confess, they chose to cling to their human efforts. But the apron wasn't enough because the apron was only a partial covering. Don't settle for the apron because the apron is not enough. Don't settle for the apron of human effort and religion in an attempt to earn your way into salvation. Don't settle for the apron of pride in an attempt to prove to everybody that I've got this on lock. I'm the man, I'm doing good, when deep inside you are hurt. Don't settle for the apron of people pleasing in an attempt to win the approval of man when the real issue is insecurity. Don't settle for the apron of wealth in an attempt to fill your life with joy and contentment because the money will ultimately fade away. You see, when you're cooking in the kitchen, the apron will only uh, provide partial covering for you. But when things start to get crazy in the kitchen, You cannot guarantee that this partial covering, that this apron is going to catch every spill, every splash, and every splatter. No, you're probably going to get some tomato sauce on your arm. You're probably going to get some flour on your shoes. And the apron is not going to be able to cover your eyes from crying when you start to chop that onion. Why? Because the apron is not enough. It only provides partial covering. When it comes to this kitchen called life, Your apron of wealth is not going to bring back your loved one. Your apron of people pleasing is not going to stop people from hurting you and turning their backs on you. Your apron of self-reliance is not going to stop you from getting tired. Why? Because all of our most elaborate efforts are in vain. The apron was not designed to cover you completely. The apron is not enough. The second thing you need to know is the apron is perishable. Adam and Eve were trying to cover themselves up with that which was dying. They were trying to cover themselves up with that which was perishing. They were trying to cover themselves up with stuff that would ultimately decay. They sewed together that which was fading. They sewed together the fig leaves that would ultimately wither and die. Leaves don't live forever. And so for them to pull it from the tree, it's life source. It's gone from green and beautiful and lush to now brown, dry, and dead. And yet that is what they are choosing to cover themselves with. They are choosing to sew together that which fades away. Do you realize that everything that we try to sew together ultimately fades away? 10 years from now, that which we consider smart will be called silly. 10 years from now, that which we think looked cool will be considered lame. 10 years from now, that which we thought sounded amazing will be considered boring. Why? Because the things that we sew together ultimately fade 
away. You see, the Bible says that God came looking for Adam. And when God found him, Adam was covered with the fig leaves. He was covered with that which was perishing. He was covered with that which was fading away. Ain't it funny how we try to come before God covered in the stuff that we've sewed together? Covered in the stuff that is fading away. We think that God loves us because of what we sewed together when really he just loves us full stop. We try to impress God by sewing things together and God is saying, what you're trying to woo me with is not working. What you're trying to impress me with is not working. And so we keep trying and trying and trying to earn God's love by sowing the perishable stuff together. And God is saying, I don't love you because of the stuff that you're sowing together. It's got nothing to do with your talent. It's got nothing to do with your giftedness. It's got nothing to do with your musicianship. It's got nothing to do with your creativity or your innovation. It's got nothing to do with how much knowledge you've got, your wealth or your strength. Because you could lose your voice tomorrow and God says, I'll still love you. You could go brain dead tomorrow and God says, I will still love you. You could lose it all tomorrow and God says, I still love you. It's got nothing to do with the perishable stuff that we're trying to sow together. You see, people will love you because of what you got, but you need to know that God loves you full stop. You need to know that the apron was created by man to cover, but not only is it insufficient, it's perishable. The second point this morning is the apron, uh, the coat equals clothes. Turn to the person next to you and say, the coat equals clothes. <laughs> Uh, one of the principles that's <clears throat> often used when studying the Bible is the principle of first mention. And it's this whole idea of going right back to where this idea or this word is first mentioned in the Bible because that is the clearest and most simplest presentation of it. And so from that point onwards, you start to see uh, patterns uh, of this uh, theme or idea or word start to ripple all throughout the Bible. And the first mention of the word clothe, as we've read in the text, is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord made coats of skin and clothed them. The word clothed there in that verse is the Hebrew word lavesh, which means to dress, to wear, to clothe, to put on clothing. And that is the first mention of clothe or putting on of anything. Isn't it interesting that the fig leaves that Adam created was actually not the first mention of the word clothe? In fact, it had nothing to do with clothes, but more to do with hiding something. You see, where Adam created an apron to hide and conceal and cover, God created a coat to clothe. God replaced their aprons of fig leaves, their aprons made with that which is perishable. He replaced it with coats, with a coat and garments of animal skins. Uh, he chose animal skins, which are known for their strength, their comfort, and their beauty. It was a demonstration of God's love for them. The covering provided by God himself was sufficient for covering. You see, in biblical times, to clothe someone was to formally honor them with a particular ranking or an honor. For example, kings and queens, when they are sworn into power, they are clothed with robes. Uh, Joseph was clothed by his father with a coat of many colors. Pharaoh also clothed Joseph uh, when he was appointed to the high office. There is this constant idea of an honoring of individuals by clothing them. And yet Adam and Eve, who have just disobeyed God, are not dishonored or die right away, but instead God clothes them. That is a demonstration 
of God's grace towards them. They didn't ask for it. They didn't have to work for it at all. All we read from the text is God made the coats and he clothed them. That's how you know it's God's grace because grace will seek you out even when you've got nothing left to give but fig leaves. Grace will love you even when you're unlovable. Grace will treat you as if you've never sinned before. Grace will give you what you absolutely don't deserve. Grace will leave the 99 to rescue the one. You see, clothes that we have on today, the clothes that we jump into every single day, they remind us of two things. Number one, Adam and Eve's efforts to cover themselves. But also number two, they are a reminder of God's grace towards man. You see, where man seeks to cover, uh, to cover God seeks to clothe. Since the beginning of time, man has been on a prolonged journey to cover the nakedness of his soul. When he knew that he was naked, he sought to make a covering of his own, but guess what? He failed. But it was grace. It was grace that spoke out of the darkness of Calvary and said, it is finished. I will clothe his nakedness. Calvary was where Jesus stripped himself so that you and I could be clothed. That's what the Bible says. He was crucified with just his undergarment. In other words, he had to die naked so that you and I could be covered. He took our nakedness, but he clothed us instead. Not with aprons made with fig leaves. Not with aprons made with that which is perishable, but with clothes that will last and never fade. He chose to clothe us with himself. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus is our complete covering. We are made the righteousness of God through Jesus. In other words, we ought to be clothed with Jesus Another theologian of the word puts it this way. It means that you don't look like you no more. You don't look like your sinful self no more. Why? Because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has begun. It's no wonder Jesus says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do for you. He's saying, don't use your name. Don't go to my Father in your name. Don't go to him in the name of Don. Don't go to him in the name of Kerry. Don't go to him in the name of Luke. Go to him in my name. Go to him in the name of Jesus because whatever you ask for in Jesus' name, that will he do for you. If I can ask the team to join me this morning. Have you noticed that we often uh, make sure that we are dressed for a particular occasion or an event that we've been invited to? We try to make sure that we're dressed for the occasion. We're going with the right attire. We're going with the proper wear. You see, I want to say to you this morning, you have been invited to a very special occasion. You've been invited to enjoy communion and fellowship with God forever. You see, God came looking for Adam. God had invited him to come into fellowship with God, to enjoy communion with God. But the Bible says that Adam became afraid he realized he was naked. He became afraid and he hid. Why? Because he wasn't dressed for the occasion. He came covered in that which was fading away. You see, fast approaching is the day where we will dwell with him for all of eternity. But the question is, are you dressed for that occasion? 
Dress not with aprons made with fig leaves. Dress not with that which is man-made. Dress not with that which withers and dies, but dress with that which lasts forever. Clothed with that which will never fade away. Clothed with Christ. Because John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. We never like to close our service without giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And maybe after hearing this message, you realize I'm not clothed for the occasion. And so I would like to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus You see, the truth is God loves you and he created you. He created you to know him. He created you to enjoy a relationship with him forever. But the Bible talks about a barrier that keeps us disconnected and separated from God. That barrier is caused by this thing called sin. Sin is doing things our way. Sin is walking in disobedience to God. It is that sin that separates us from God. It is also that sin that disconnects us from God, but also the penalty of that sin is death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But you see, it didn't stop there because God in his grace sent his own son Jesus to die on the cross so that you didn't have to pay the wages of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he took on himself what you and I were due for our sin. He extends to every one of us today forgiveness for your past, a new life right now, and a hope for your future and eternal life with him in heaven. But you see, we must turn away from sin, turn away from disobedience, turn away from doing things our own way and turn to Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus, put your trust in Jesus, believe in Jesus because the Bible says, whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so if that's you today and you're saying, I want to accept this invitation and come into relationship and fellowship with God. If that's you, then I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand, and you can put it down straight away. And here's the thing. You don't have to be shy or afraid up in here. We're all family in here. None of us were born holy. All of us, we're we're all sinners who have been saved by grace. But we want you to know that we're here for you, and we've got your back. But I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand. One, God loves you. Two, he's speaking to your heart right now. Three, raise your hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Come on, church, we can do better than that. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate, celebrate.